Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by the Armchair All-Americans as a part of the Armchair Media Network. The Toronto Raptors are NBA champions. And this is a gosh darn live podcast out of respect to our queen, Kawhi. It is I, Rob Paul, the Armchair Scout, a.k.a. the next GM of the Houston Texans. And with me, as always, is AJ. This one's for John Marchese. And we have a special guest, and it's our longtime friend of the show, James Miniot Frigg. Minneapolis Miracle Barber. That was too many M's. I feel like that makes it better. You're welcome. Uh, And today, we're going to get down and dirty, and we're, yes, we are going to power rank the NFL's GMs, and by us, I mean me, and just me. Let's hit it! Seven rounds in heaven with my baby, driving up to Vegas, maybe looking for a chase or a Tua. Don't drive a run back on the first day. Don't drive a run back on the second day. Maybe draft one on the third. Or don't. Let's go seven rounds. Let's go seven rounds forever. But <laughs> I forgot. Sorry, I wasn't fully committed to this. Everybody, let's get the show on. Uh, I'd like to take a second to apologize to all our listeners. But now I'd like to take a second to introduce our newest friends from SeatGeek. Let them take the confusion of your ticket buying experience. Instead of shopping dozens of cities to find the best deal, let SeatGeek do the work for you. Their app scans the web for the best deals to your favorite game, concert, or show, and rates them on a scale of zero to ten. To let you know if you're getting the best bang for your buck. A green dot marks great deals, a yellow dot good deals, and a red dot not so good deals. Use promo code ACAA at checkout to receive $20 off your first purchase. That's two free beers at the stadium on them. What are you waiting for? That's promo code ACAA for $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek. Life's an event. We have the tickets. You know what else we have? Fellas. Friends. NFL GM rankings. Um... Let me first start by saying I wrote a banger of an article on Armchair All-American Stock. <laughs> <laughs> no, you didn't. Good start. A couple weeks ago, There's no power ranking the GM. So if you don't want to listen, no. go read that. You have to listen. Do not go read that. And so playing off that, we're going to use maybe different rankings. So you're going to have to listen and then read. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so open open the article on your computers and please compare. Yeah. Uh, Make notes. And we're gonna, it's going to be different because there's been two GM changes. There is. Um, so we're going to look at that. AJ and James can uh, shit on them if they want, but they'll be wrong and I'll fight them to the death. <laughs> so they, should, they shouldn't. Uh, and yeah, so we're just going to count them down and uh, jumping right into it. I've also tiered these off because I tiered Classic. them. Classic. 
Is this um, also going to have names to the tiers? Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah much so. staff one? Yeah. And, and tier eight consists of one team, and it, tier eight is we don't have a GM, <laughs> and that belongs to the thirty-second ranked GM, which is nobody because it's the Houston Texans who don't have a GM. Um, obviously, all the weird news about Nick Casario and the New England Patriots and no. Texans tampering and trying to hire him. Uh, and good old Jack Esterby trying to get his boy in the, in, in the GM role. But uh, looks like that's not going to happen unless the Texans make a trade. Which, I mean, if that's your guy, you kind of have to. You know what they say, mm-hmm. Rob? What happens at a ring ceremony stays at the ring ceremony. I think that's the fucking truth. Um, of course, it's up to the Pats. The Pats are the ones that like are like, hey, we're just going to call it. I mean, they blocked Casario interview mm-hmm. before. So, I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not hashtag Team Patriots here. If, oh, if you're Houston, though, and this is your guy, and you clearly got rid of Ganey for him, would you not make a trade? Like, this is your guy. I don't know what it would take to get a the, GM I, to, or a potential GM to trade. I think Rap mentions a mid-round pick or something. Like, what would you be willing to give up? Because I think it's fair to give up a, not like I wouldn't give up a day two pick. I think it's fair to give up a fourth round pick for the guy you clearly want as a well, GM. Me, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't either, just because I think there's also pretty strong candidates out it's, there. It's because you're lazy. And me? You no, no, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's because the Texans don't want to like be like, hey, let's. This is our guy. We don't want to start the process That's all freaking true. Over again. But like, also, isn't just the whole idea of it kind of seems like, hey, you're our new GM, but you don't have a fourth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> I just I think that's all dumb and also like they just want continuity with him yeah. him and Bill O'Brien Jack Esterby who's like essentially their number two right now it seems like they I think they want continuity just because there wasn't that with Ganey and again though I think there's a handful of other strong candidates out there like the first guy or first two guys I'd be looking to are both from Cleveland Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith so, okay let me quickly interject I think if they were the, the Houston Texans being essentially Patriots Texas version they're not going to New England for their next GM. It feels a lot more volatile to trade a pick for that guy. You know what I mean? Because there's no interrelationship. I mean, it's a scouting community, but you know what I'm trying to say, right? But you're staring at me like not going to. <laughs> I'm just saying, in general, it's a lot more like out there if you already don't have like a working relationship with the guy and like everyone in your fucking front office already knows this guy to go to Elliot Wolf. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, I see. It's a lot risk. Yeah, risk yeah, yeah, no, definitely. No, no, no. that's what I'm saying. They basically trapped themselves into they have to trade a pick for him, it feels like. Yeah, and it's it, Bill, Bill fucking cast this net years ago, mm-hmm. baby. But also, like, the idea that you wait this late, and obviously that's because... But it's like, of course it's going to be really hard to get a GM this late. Like, and they and definitely and underestimated they how definitely hard that was going to be. They fired Gini because they thought they were, like, 100% getting zero, and... If like I, like they they pigeonhole themselves, they can't go sure. with somebody else. It feels yeah. like I uh, like you're almost better off just letting Bill O'Brien and the current front office run this and trying to get next off season, yeah. just because it's already so late in the process too. Oh my god! So it's a so bad situation. Do you feel like at this point they sort of had to accept that this season, like they're not going to get where they want to go? Like with that in mind, like do you think? I mean, well, the the scouting off season is now, I guess. If, if you were going to say there was one, yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Your scouts are still in place. They can do their job September through the netty. Mm-hmm. And then you have your GM in place. It, it Like, you're taking a year off, basically. But, like, your season's still there. But it didn't I mean, help that Ganey had an awful draft for them, either. Yeah, no, he didn't. Because I was about to say, you like, going to the Texans on the field, you, you're still hoping to be a playoff team, but you don't have a fucking offensive line, so. All right. Yeah. I'm just going to name a couple more. Whether they're candidates for the Texan job, probably not, because like we said, it's probably serial. But 
I'm just going to throw out a couple more names, and mm-hmm. then we'll just roll on with the rankings. Uh, so I said Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith in Cleveland. I still think Scott McLuhan has a chance to get back in the NFL, but that's just wishful thinking. Yeah. Uh, Ed Dodds with the Colts, Reggie Mack with the Dolphins. I think it won't be long till he's got another shot as a GM because the Raiders did him dirty. Uh, your two guys in Seattle, Trent Kirchner and Scott Fitter. Yeah. Uh, Lewis Riddick with ESPN. I think it's a legit. We've seen that name pop up, yeah. And we've seen Top McShays. Yeah, so, like I'd be hiring Lewis Riddick. Apparently, he turned down a job. He's going back to ESPN. Big get for ESPN. Uh, James's guy, George Patton in Minnesota, who's uh, I think Patton Spielman's right yeah. man. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Ray in Detroit, Lake Dawson in Buffalo. Scott Pioli, who's now a free agent. That's something. I, it feels That's like, like he's probably save. taking a season off yeah. and then getting back in. And honestly, Pioli's a New England guy, so I wonder if. That could be a Texans fallback I was plan. Just, I was thinking that, yeah. That's, uh, it's just like also a safe, like, if we can't get Casario, then it's a safe fallback for, for a stopgap here. Yeah, yeah, and he seems like a guy who would potentially, just because of his career, would take the interim GM job now, and then if they can get Casario next year, just, like, become assistant GM. Yeah, I agree. Like, he's spent so long with Thomas Dimitrov as that yeah. is their GM. Uh, Brandon Hunt in oh, Pittsburgh. Man. Brian Zanders with the Rams. Will McClay with the Cowboys. Jeff Ireland. Don't ask questions about Des Bryant. Uh, who do you like Orleans? best out of that bullet? I'm a big Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith guy with Cleveland. I think their front office in they're like those guys with John Dorsey's hard to beat in terms of front office. Okay, jumping into the real rankings now. Starting with tier seven: power hungry dictators with way too much job security. <laughs> yes. And thirty uh, first belongs to Bengals owner and technically GM. Mike Brown. It's Mike Brown, man. He's got the smallest front office in terms of staff. It's whoa, whoa, whoa. They put it's a little just, more money into that. It's Brown, basically man. just Duke Tobin and his dad, Bill. <laughs> and this is not a joke. It's a mom and pa shop in that front oh office. God. Imagine that's the draft, like the draft room I want to see. Like when they were, what they were doing to. I it. think it's just like darts at a board. <laughs> I mean, they drafted okay. They've had some decent drafts. Uh, I've got, I've got like little tidbits for each. Uh, in Mike Brown's twenty-eight seasons as the Bengals GM, they've made the playoffs seven times. So that's not not great. It's all Marvin Lewis, baby. Mm-hmm. Where's Marv? Hey, hey, one hundred four seasons, he's making the fucking playoffs. Uh, their biggest blockbuster, trading a 1995 first-round pick that ended up being Kerry Collins and a 1995 <laughs> second-round pick that ended up being Sean King to the Panthers for a 1995 first-round pick, which was Kajana Carter, one of the biggest bust running backs in NFL can history. I, can I say their biggest blunder? Sure. Letting TJ Hushmanzad out the door. Ooh. Uh, a couple draft hits. Chad Johnson, Carson Palmer, Andrew Worth, Geno Atkins, AJ Green. Some misses. Kajana Carter, Dave Klingler, Achilles Smith. He would have he would have been a hit. Keith, I broke my jaw thanks to Heinz Ward Rivers. Yeah. Cedric Aboya. And Drew Samples. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Drew, and Drew, and Drew Samples. And Drew Samples. Honestly, I'm impressed Mike knew Pac-12 football was a thing and that Drew Sample existed. Those Greyhound tickets out to the West Coast are pretty pretty pricey. I don't understand how he's never just had a GM. Like well, I mean, Duke Tobin's tech, like who's the director of yeah. personnel? I guess was technically their GM, but it's really Mike Brown. But either way, their front office is literally Duke Tobin and his dad, Bill. You don't think they would look at other teams and be like, "Oh, their structure is very different from Mike ours, Brown's and crazy. they seem to be doing better." Maybe the, we should fucking make a change. The Cincinnati Bengals 
don't get enough spotlight on them because they're such a fucking weird organization. Oh my God, yeah. What do you like? If they were hard knocks, I think everybody would just be like, "What they've the been, fuck hard is they've been hard knocks." But like their current version, I, I think this would have been kind of interesting. I would have been down to see this because they were hard when they were hard knocks. It's it was like Marvin and Lewis, and it was a brighter time for that franchise <laughs> yeah. over these last thirty years. They're like, can we win a playoff game this year? Like Maybe. at least they were getting a wild card weekend. Yeah. Was in the I'm losing to the Texans. Yeah. Okay, thirtieth. This will not be a surprise. James knows how much I uh, despise this man. <laughs> Dave Gettleman, the Giants GM, previously the Panthers GM. Mm. Uh, we've shit talked Dave Gettleman a lot this offseason already. Uh, how, how much of like this season's draft goes into that? Like, are we already what what percentage of warranting the thirty? Okay, the front? thing is with him, he's made as in five seasons as a GM, he's made the playoffs three times. Okay. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Those three times came in Carolina with Marty Herney's players. If you look at the players he drafted in <laughs> the ghost. In in Carolina like Marty Herney drafted Marty Herney's kind of a, a big hair miss guy. Like he'll have big hairs but he'll have big misses. Yeah. Dave Gellman didn't really draft anybody of overall importance. Uh, he, I mean, he took Christian McCaffrey, but again, we know Gellman's going to take a running back when he's got a top 10 pick. We know that. Um, he took Trey Turner, he took Quan Short. But he also took it Vernon works. Butler, Coney Ely, and Kelvin Benjamin. Like, three mm-hmm. massive misses. So, uh, honestly... He, he, he inherited Cam Newton. Yeah. He inherited uh, a defense. He inherited Ron Rivera. Entering this offseason, or a little earlier than that, I was kind of giving Gettleman the benefit of the doubt. Wasn't the f- a fan of the Saquon Barkley selection. But the best player in the draft... Fair. Fair. And I thought the rest of the draft was solid. And then... Then he... He <laughs> traded Odell back to Olivia, but Vernon to the Browns for yeah. 17th overall pick, a third round pick, drilled Brill Peppers and Kevin Ziegler. Then he drafted Daniel Jones 6th overall and tried exactly. to tell us he's Peyton and Eli Manning combined. And then he was a 17th overall pick on a nose tackle, who I do... Uh, like Dexter Lawrence, but don't draft a nose tackle in the first round. Yeah. We learn this over and over and over. And he he clearly subscribes to one side of football where you can take a running back second overall when there's a franchise QB on the board, and you can take a nose tackle seventeenth overall when there's way more important positions on the board. You can go a little slower there, Rob. I know you hate that. <laughs> just save Rowan. Save. I am obsessed with talking down on him. It's just it seems like I'm trying to think of what his strategy is, and I just can't figure it out because he'll like uh, he'll get rid of Landon Collins and it, then it, completely dislike get rid. Of that no, strategy his strategy is for. not signing DBs. Like, we know that one for sure. And drafting running backs. And, yeah. and claiming you can't bring back Landon Collins because he's a box safety, but yeah. then trading for a worse box safety in Jabril Peppers. What'd you just say to me right now? <laughs> like Landon Collins, faster. Landon Collins is a top 10 safety in the league. Yeah, Jabril can play offense. What do you want? Okay, here's, <laughs> sorry, he must have caught Jabril Peppers yeah. running back highlights from Bro. New Jersey High yeah. School. And Bro, you want to know how many snaps he's taking to say That's it, yeah. He legitimately loves running back so much. Okay, give me Wildcat with, with Jabril quarterback and Saquon and running back. You're not stopping that mm. in yeah. a Big Ten. Okay. Now, on to the 29th. Are we we're done, Gettleman? Yeah. <laughs> we have to be. The 29th GM, who's in the same division... But hey, Dan Snyder may have ran their good draft this year, so who knows. Uh, Washington's technical GM, Bruce Allen, who was the uh, GM since 2010. Before that, he was uh, the Buccaneers GM when John Gruden and the Bucks were bad. Um, <laughs> he's made the playoffs in four 14 seasons. That's uh, good, right? <laughs> I mean, he's the one who got rid of Scott McLuhan. 
Who we we absolutely love on this podcast. Okay, we're the biggest Scott McLuhan fans, I think. I love Scott McLuhan. Get back, Scotty. Uh, okay, I believe in you. Sorry. Future podcast episode needs to be the all like all podcast team. Like all the friends of the show. Yeah. All the like people from each a couple, a couple. Uh, we mention it all the time, so it's, it's no big deal. The, th- the thing with Bruce Allen, he's locked into some, uh, some hits. Trent Williams, Ryan Kerrigan, Kirk Cousins, Brandon yeah. Sheriff. He's also taken Gaines Adams, Rip, uh, Robert Griffin, Josh Dawson, Sway Cravens. Um, there, uh, honestly, he can't be fired. It seems like. But at the same time, Dan Snyder actually did end up running their draft. It wouldn't surprise me if this was the year that they did move on from Bruce Allen, potentially, and just Doug Williams took over as interim GM. Yeah, that he, seems like a smooth... Yeah, easy transition. For both Snyder and, like, obviously Doug Williams and beloved the there. the fan base, exactly. Mm-hmm. Also, like, Bruce Allen's such a fucking stooge. Like, he always has stupid he, he's, a, he's a dick. Yeah. He's not a... Like, he's a, he comes off as a asshole. Asshole, yeah. And, and uh... Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, big blockbuster. Trading a 2012 first-round pick that was traded to the Cowboys to select Merce Claiborne. And the Rams used the trade to select Michael Brockers. A 2012 second-round pick, Janoris Jenkins. A 2013 first-round pick traded to the Bills to select E.J. Manuel. Rams used that trade to select Tavon Austin. And a 2014 first-round pick that became Greg Robinson's the Rams for a 2012 first-round pick that was RG3. None of those players lived up to the hype. RG3 would have panned out if it wasn't for... I'll say it. I'll keep saying it. Okay. The last GM in the power-hungry dictators with way too much job security tier. John Elway of the Denver Broncos. This one's for John. Clearly uh, the be- very clearly the best of that tier, though. Yeah. Five of eight seasons he's made the playoffs. But how much is... John, okay. In John Elway's defense. <laughs> the last two drafts have been, I think, his strongest drafts. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, his hit-to-miss ratio, it's... He hasn't had that many hits. He just signed Peyton Manning to a five-year, $96 million deal. He's hit on Von Miller. He's hit on Bradley Chubb. There hasn't been overall that many hits otherwise. He drafted guys like Monty Ball, Cody Latimer, Shane Ray, Paxton Lynch, Sly Williams. Like, lots of busts. Okay, uh, I'll give Elway, not credit, but I'll say, like, I feel like me as a person is, like, I'm quite... Sorry for all the beer crack. Yeah, we're drinking... John Elway turns us to alcohol. Yeah, we're drinking beers this episode. Um... I almost feel like I'm overcritical of John Elway. And he's had two good drafts, like you mentioned. And, like, I'll be like, yeah. I don't like John Elway. I don't like him either. I'm just, I don't know why I'm being nice to him. But, like, Von Miller's obvious. Chubb was pretty obvious. Those picks were bad. When you take two of the surest things at pass rusher and you have really early picks, it's like, obviously they're draft hits, but it's not the same as hitting on a J.J. Watt at 11. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we knew... Yeah. We, okay, we didn't know Von Miller was going to be one of the greatest passers of all time, but I think he was consensus going to be an all-pro type I mean, passer. Chubb fell, in quotation Yeah, Chubb, Chubb was considered one of the safest picks and a clear top-five talent. Yeah. I think yeah. this this draft did give me hope that, like, maybe he's learning. Yeah, because he held off on taking Drew Locke to yeah. the second round. Well, I mean, we've mentioned this a million times on the show before, but I totally expected Drew Locke to be their pick in the first round. So. Yeah, and he made a smart trade back. Got an offensive playmaker. Took an offensive lineman before you can take him Locke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They had a nice draft. Like, I gotta give him credit. Anyways, enough John Elway. Okay, tier six. Could be fired tomorrow or could be here forever. 27. Dave Caldwell of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Okay. Um, 
Go for it, bro. Which he, I don't know, we don't know how much power he really has because Tom Coughlin might be the real GM, yeah. but Caldwell certainly has the GM title. Hold on, quickly. If Coughlin was the real GM officially, where would you have him? Not much higher than this. I agree, I agree. And I like Tom Coughlin, but like he hasn't done a whole uh, a whole lot as the Jags GM. Um, and with Caldwell in charge, they made the playoffs one out of six seasons. He's hit on guys. You, you have to admit he has hit on some 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 strong like day two guys. Allen Robinson, Telvin Smith, Jay, or well Jalen Ramsey's the first round pick. Miles Jack, Yannick Ngakwe, which I think is one of the most low key strong hits. Like getting Yannick Ngakwe in the third round, they have to pay him, but. Obviously, the Blake Bortles bl- uh, blunder in like mm. paying him and kind of one not, season later realizing it was a mistake and not yeah not understanding that this isn't the the dude. Um, they also like bringing Clayus Campbell is a really really good pick, um, and th- they they have like I don't know because I don't know how much power Cobble really has. He feels like the scapegoat. Uh, if Coughlin needs to, like, if they don't make the playoffs again this year, Coughlin just fires Caldwell. Pretty much, right? I mean, and they, uh, that whole franchise is an, an enigma right now. We don't know where they are. They're uh, we're just still holding on to the hope of Saxonville, and that's just yeah. I mean, then the the, the full stop gap guy, mm-hmm. and you're right. Like Payne Bortles was clearly it was just like trying not to get rid of quarterback, but you know, anyways. All right, 26th, Miami Dolphins GM, Chris Greer. Just new blood. I mean, well, not really. Feels like this is truly Chris... Like, okay, Chris Greer had a strong... He's had strong draft picks. He's taken... He took Xavier Howard. He paid Xavier Howard. He took Laramie Tunsil, who looks like he can become a franchise left tackle. He took Minka Fitzpatrick last year when he fell. Um, he also took mm-hmm. Charles Harris the year before, who looks like a, just an absolute bust. Yeah. Um, he 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 made the move to trade uh, their 2016 first round pick to the Browns, and which was then traded to the Titans for uh, Jack Conklin. Uh, and and uh, like he's acquired players that just haven't worked out completely. Like he traded Kiko Alonso, Byron Maxwell. They made playoffs one of his three seasons, but this feels like the year it's like now that he's got his guy, it feels like in Brian Flores. Yeah. This in they brought Reggie McKenzie in to the front office too, which I think is a really strong move. This is the year we really find out going forward, uh probably more like the next two years. He made the Josh Rosen trade too, which I thought was a steal. Yeah. Um this the next two years we'll find out really what Chris Greer is. It's hard to grade it now. He's been in the organization forever. Yeah. Like this entire century. He's been there. Um, Which makes me think he has a long leash, especially with Flores coming in. They gave Flores a big contract. It was like six years. So, yeah, it's not all or nothing right now. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. We're going to have two, three years to really find out what kind of... He's a guy who I think could shoot up these rankings. I'm intrigued. I like Chris I'm intrigued Greer. by what they get. It's it's like it just hasn't it hasn't been long enough. He hasn't done enough in a short period of time. But I like Chris Greer. Yeah, it's like it's he's almost like given a second wind here with bringing in uh, Brian Flores and and getting somebody in particular out. Yeah. <laughs> don't bring that name up. <laughs> we're, we're gonna go on tangents always. Um. Yeah. All right. Twenty fifth Cardinals GM Steve Keim. Uh, he traded Josh Rosen. He drafted Kyler Murray. He hired Cliff Kingsbury. He got fleeced in the Josh Rosen trade. There's no denying yeah. that. Mm-hmm. He's also missed a lot more lately and hit a lot more earlier in his career on guys like uh, John Brown, Honey Badger, uh, 
David Johnson, um, and he's missed on like Dion Buchanan, uh, Hassan Reddick feels like a miss at this point. Robert Kimdichie, yeah. lots of uh, DJ Humphreys, lots of high upside type picks, but guys with such low floors playing snaps at least to give Kime some credit. But yeah, I'm not defending it. But if like, a guy plays I'm, snaps, you think no, it's I, I don't. So I'm just saying that's a flaw of logic. Hey, if you. <laughs> If our team's so bad, you're playing. You're drafted. No. I, I, I know. Um, but yeah, on the bright side, they uh, they promoted Quentin Harris and Adrian Wilson in their front office. Mm-hmm. Two former NFL safeties. Josh Scobie's on the scaling team. I'm pumped. Uh, Sean McDonough's brother's in the front office, too, so people forget. Um, okay, Kime is in a weird place right now. Because early in his career, when Bruce Arians was there, it felt like this guy could be an up-and-coming GM. And it's yeah. just like... <laughs> He was stagnant for a bit. Now it feels like he's crashing. And and yeah, because this is yeah. the opposite of the one we just talked. This is all or nothing. Like if yeah, this specifically doesn't work out. I kind of res- I, I respect that they went all in on hiring mm-hmm. Cliff because I'm I'm a fan of Cliff Kingsbury. I'm obsessed with Mike Leach and the read offense. Uh, I th- again, I think they got fleeced, but made the right decision to roll with Kyler Murray over Josh Rosen in this offense. Um, but. I could would not even surprise me if Kingsbury and Kyler work out, but in two years, Kimes out the door. Yeah, because it just feels like it feels it feels like how much power does he really have? Exactly. Like Kingsbury yeah. felt like strong armed him into like I want Kyler Murray and this is what we're doing. You might have liked Josh Rosen last year, but I like Kyler Murray this year. Yeah, and it, if if it doesn't work out, I, I think he's got a leash. Like the whole franchise has a leash, but like if it doesn't work out, Kimes the first one to go. Yeah, and I think Bidwell understands. Like I. Cardinals have been all over the place in terms of success and failure, but yeah. I I like the Bidwells. I I think they've done a fairly good job um, at hiring ex Steelers coaches. Steelers coaches, <laughs> like I know Cliff never coached for us, but Randy Fickner will soon be their head coach because <laughs> they just hire offensive coordinator. But uh, no, I, I I like the Bidwells. I love Cliff Kingsbury because he's so hot. But uh, <laughs> yeah, at, at least. Uh, Kime's not alpha enough to try and stronger and Cliff into running with Rosen. And uh, yeah, you got yeah. my boy Chris Greer at quarterback, so I don't know. That, that's why this is the could be fired tomorrow, could be here forever. It's no, like they're very, like, you don't really know. And they've been inconsistent. Yeah. And All be, of them will be in very different spots on this, like, ranking next mm-hmm. year. Here, here's a guy who could be fired tomorrow, here forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24th, Bob Quinn of the Detroit Lions. Yeah, um, he finally he got his head coach this past year, Mike or Matt Patricia. Matt Patricia um, maybe. He he got rid of Caldwell, who might have been a better head coach. Uh, but Quinn and uh, Patricia, both former Patriots guys. Um, I mean, he signed Trey Flowers to that huge contract. Mm-hmm. He's also hit on Kyrion Johnson. He hit on Kenny Galladay. He might have missed on uh, Draw Davis. He might have missed on T. Staber. Definitely missed on T. Staber. Yeah, missed on T. Staber. <laughs> um, uh, have not been a fan of the last couple of Bob Quinn drafts. I'm going to say this, though. It feels like he's going to have a long leash if him and Patricia are in this together, together right? Like, yeah. That's another thing. When the head coach and GM, in theory, are supposed to have all this continuity, it feels like you have a longer leash. Yeah. You know what? Okay, quick tangent. It's been kind of weird how often in the NFL right now that... James have like kind of not had their coaches when they've come in or reversed. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's strange. Just like clear the staff. It's like one of the. I mean, I don't want. It bothers stop. me more when it's uh, the head coach stays and you hire a new GM. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it means somebody. Style. Yeah, it yeah. sort of seems like somebody's going to be out. Like that's what. It, gonna it, be it's next. just the wrong order of things. It is. Yeah, let the GM hire his guy. So 
uh, Bob Quinn got his guy. I don't think it's worked out so far, obviously. But that gives him a longer leash. Gives him a longer leash. I agree. And I have not liked Bob Quinn's drafts there. And I'm not a huge Matt Patricia guy. I, I liked Matt Patricia coming out of New England. I didn't like his first year in Detroit. Um, Wait, you didn't like a bad coach in his first year with a bad team? Okay, you're wrong. You're right, you're wrong. I liked it. I loved every second of it. No, it was bad. Um, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't... We've discussed the Detroit Lions multiple times. Like you, you like you're, you're like okay. I get they're doing. They're trying to get tougher in the trenches. Well, did you hit, blah, so blah, just blah. hopping in? They still don't have a high ceiling to paint no, this picture. They don't. Apparently, before the Raiders were selected for hard knocks, it was they're planning on selecting the Lions, and then people were so upset because it was like nobody wants to watch this fucking team. They're just boring. You don't think they're really going anywhere? Uh, like they're just like flatlining. Yeah, it, like. I don't remember what I said this about, but it feels like they're building a seven and nine team or something like that. Yeah, no, I completely agree. They're in, they're, they're in uh, purgatory. Purgatory, yeah. yeah like they're not going to be four and twelve, but they're not even going to be nine and seven. Aging quarterback that hurts. That like he's never hit his potential. Mm-hmm. And they, yeah, and they, now they got only close have a couple years ago, but they just never. And like uh, you know, Bob Quinn's also seems obsessed drafting offensive linemen. Yeah, Bevel's in now. It just feels like it's always tumultuous there in Detroit. Like, no continuity, just weird fucking tangents of history. I, I don't. I think the, I think both Patricia and Bob Quinn are. Bring back Calvin Johnson. Might as well. Like they can't the GM. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not gonna do worse. All right, he Tw- get a leash. Twenty third on on the GM list here. Jason Light of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, mm-hmm. and as AJ knows, I give Jason Light a bump because he got the band back together in Tampa. <laughs> I'm obsessed with Bruce Arians and his coaching staff. Yeah, okay, deserves the bump there. Uh, but then bump he went to the hat, and then he went. I, to I don't know how, how he wasn't fired when they fired Dirk Cutter. He's lived through hiring Lovey Smith and Dirk Cutter as his head coaches. This is I, why is yeah. Jason Light? Also, we saw him on Hard Knocks. He also drafted Robbie Aguayo in the second round. Why is he still the GM here? Because a yeah. big part of it is like, who is your staff that you hire? If you don't start hire a good staff, then you should sort of. That's part of your like. You're either. He's at. also like low key. Like he, I mean, it wasn't like his hits have been guys like OJ Howard and Mike Evans felt like. Oh yeah. Not can't miss, but obvious to that players. level, like obvious, these guys are going to be good football OJ players. Howard, clearly, yeah. OJ Howard was like the safest pick in the draft that year. Like, yeah, and he fell, and it was like, I'm just going to take this guy because he's going to be good, and he's clearly yeah, To awesome. give him some credit on Mike Evans, it was like, Mike Evans or Kevin Bench? <laughs> but I mean, that was the worst thing back to me. It was Odell or Mike Evans. That college that, football fans that watch <laughs> too much Florida State. Well, when Mike Evans won Johnny Manziel the Heisman, yeah. you thought, wait, Kelvin Benjamin or Mike Evans? Uh, Kelvin won them a national championship. So. And he won James the Heisman. Exactly. Now you look silly, don't you? <laughs> Wait, um, did Odell win Zach Mettenberger a Heisman? He should. Don't start me on fucking Zach M, okay? Uh, anyway, 0 for 5 in playoff appearances for Jason Light. Great start. Uh, but he, in my notes, getting the band back together in Tampa, a.k.a. Arizona Cardinals playoff coaching staff. Bruce Arians, Todd Bowles, Harold Goodwin, Byron Leftwich, Mike Caldwell, Larry Foote, Kevin Ross, Amos Jones, Rick Christopher. That's all from those Cardinals playoff teams, and I'm obsessed with those teams, and I love Carson Paul. So, okay, uh, we haven't talked about fucking defensive backs yet, which I can't believe. Uh, well, we've talked about it so much on this yeah. podcast, and what, what was it that I, I think it was the past three 
Yeah, drafts nine, nine, players nine DBs in the top 100 or something. And, and no, I don't trust any. And none of them no. have been paying dividends. Like mm-hmm. Justin Evans is definitely the best one, but but like he's also very injured right injured now. Injured, and you know we saw flashes. But wait, he drafted Austin Safir and Jenkins. He also drafted Noah Spence. Don't forget about that. So he drafts little character people who don't pan out. Uh, no offense, guys. Uh, well, I don't know if they're tight. listening. ASJ's a fan. Oh, yeah. Friend of the show. <laughs> he drafted Robbie Aguayo, a kicker in the second round. And then he drafted Matt Gay, another kicker. Just you shouldn't draft a kicker again. You're going to pan out, Jason. You got okay, this one, buddy. Let's get out of this tier. Yeah, tier right. 5, unproven but trending up. Basically, these are guys who are either in their first or second year GM, and I just know these other GMs suck so much that I put these guys ahead of them. Rightfully so. Uh, 22. This guy has been in a GM for like two weeks. Not even. Chuck's new GM, Joe Douglas. He's okay. already the 22nd best GM in the league because <laughs> Love that. I've, I trust not knowing anything on him than knowing these things on these other people. Uh, I had no notes on him because, again, never been GM. <laughs> But he was with Ozzie Newsom as a scout for four, 15 years? 15 and he years. didn't hire Adam Gase. Yeah. He he had to inherit Adam Gase. Uh, obviously, so he was with Howie Roseman and the Eagles the last couple of years when they've been great with one of the best front offices. He's already got three Super Bowl rings. He's friends with Adam Gase. I would move him down the ranking just for that. But he's also friends with Daniel Jeremiah and Ozzie Newsom. Whew. Does that equal out? Yeah. Okay. So he's, he's got a good pedigree. <laughs> He played, really? at, he played at Richmond. I see that. <laughs> I'm reading his Wikipedia. <laughs> so am I. He started 45 consecutive games. You know who else almost did that? Kyle it? Oh, he played at line. Okay. Good to know. I also saw a tweet that showed him wearing sweatpants at a practice and then a suit at a press conference and saying, you need to hire GMs who do both. And, like, I'm so not going to say who tweeted it. But it's someone prominent in the scouting community, and like it was, I think it was a serious. Thing. Is is get you a man who can do both still a meme? I don't think so. Well, it's, tell it's that to the man who runs away. the Senior Bowl. So okay, are we pro sweatpants? Oh, I'm wearing them right now. <laughs> so am I. <laughs> Fuck both of you. Um, okay, I like Joe Douglas. It's I mean, things had to be with Baltimore yeah. and in Philly. Harry Roseman and Ozzie Newsom have been two of the best GMs of this decade, and Ozzy obviously the previous. So we mentioned inheriting a head coach as a GM as a weird situation. Another weird. This situation. makes more sense though because they yeah. hired Douglas because of his relationship with Gase. But again, I hate Adam Gase. We hate Adam Gase. Who's got a lot? It's crazy that you need to hire somebody who has a relationship with your coach. Otherwise, they're like you're in trouble. Who's got a longer? Uh, by the way, quickly, I wish we did this episode while Adam Gase was GM. <laughs> I would put him so high, just trigger you. Um, <laughs> who's got a longer leash, Douglas or Douglas? Gase. I agree. I agree. Because I think Christopher Johnson wouldn't have. Who I, I do think has done a, good, a much better job than his, the real Jets owner, Woody. Who? Woody. Uh, as the interim owner, while well, his brother's working for Trump. Um, <laughs> who's who's in a better job? No, let's not get into it. Uh, anyway. Uh, and I, I, I think uh, he would have retained Mike McKagan despite like Adam Gase hating him if he didn't have his eyes specifically set on Joe Douglas and it had been rumored for a while I wish Adam Gase was like the, the ambassador to the UK instead of Woody that'd be okay. fun <laughs> okay I, I'd pay to watch him talking to the Queen the Steelers won a Super Bowl Brexit when, is saved. Uh, Dan Rooney was uh, oh, yeah. working for Obama so I forgot Dan <laughs> Hey, politics, stop hiring NFL owners. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? It's a fair point. Uh, okay, 20, 21st on the list. Uh, 
hero of the show, Mike Mayock, GM of the Oakland Raiders. Yeah. Should be number one in our hearts. I mean, he is number one in our hearts. Oh, he, fle- he fleeced Pittsburgh for the best receiver of the decade. He's doing okay yeah. so far. Yeah. He drafted I'm, I'm, for character and not talent, but I... <laughs> that's not a good... That's I don't know. know. It's better than drafting <laughs> for neither. Mm-hmm. Culture over... Which is what Jason Light's been doing in Tampa. Yeah, Jason um, Okay. Again, it's hard to talk on these guys because they have very little time as GM, but I don't, I don't know. I respect that he stuck to... And it wasn't surprising. Uh, I think he's going to be kind of the person who bounces Gruden being a psycho. I'm really excited to see them on Hard Knocks together. That's yeah. where the trust comes from is him. Like, would you get it? Like, he bounces it out. You feel so much better about the Raiders if, if, right now than you did 365 days ago. I would oh gladly describe to you John Gruden, Mike Mayock, and um, Mark Davis and not tell you who's, who they are. Would you not want to watch that show? Yeah. Just, so, just give me a picture of Mark Davis' haircut. I want to watch. I hope he gets a haircut on the show. He's definitely, <gasps> what am I talking about? He's gorgeous. Oh, I just hope they don't focus too episode. much on... Yeah, the just give me the hour mark in the, the barbershop. The only worry with it is they're going to focus too much on like the specifics of moving to Las Vegas and not enough uh, I'm worried. Oh, that would be awful. It's also fun, but yeah, I'm worried about but that. But no, no, no. Like, do stuff on Vegas, but don't focus on like the You literally have AB. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have other stuff you can talk like, about. There's a lot of stuff. Yeah. And Hunter Renfro. Yeah, Alabama I mean, killer. I still, I don't know why I always felt this. I, I still assume Derek Carr lives in a trailer in the desert. Just give me that. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. Mean? I always assume Derek Carr's like a bit of a hillbilly. Have you seen his brother on NFL? <laughs> yeah, David's a different guy. He's, he's his own man. He yeah. separated himself from the family. Yeah, the, he moved yeah. over Fresno. Sounds a lot like Aaron Rodgers. There you oh. go. That's my pro comp. The oldest brother is where Aaron Rodgers was David Carr. The oldest brother is when I was eight. The oldest brother is a head coach, and their dad's his offensive coordinator. I don't know, man. Derek gives me such a hillbilly vibe. Sorry, Derek. Friend He's a country album. <laughs> exactly. No, you're right. Friend of the wrong. show. Sorry. Uh, okay, that's enough on that. Love my man. Uh, 20th. <laughs> Green Bay Packers GM, Brian Gutekunst. Um, who's fun. Been? Fun so far. He is fun. He's throwing money at random pass rushers. Uh, making moves. Making trades that make the Saints look silly and getting yeah. Jair Alexander. Yeah. Um, no, I... I I think he's completely different than what they've had. Fun. Um, potential to skyrocket all oh, your list. Say, yeah, their ceiling is just way bigger than... I don't love how much money they throw at, at uh, Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith. I, I, Why did Zadarius get more money? I think he's more boom than bust, but the bust potential is there too. It's fun. Like you said, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's interesting though because they picked him over Russ Ball. They kept Russ Ball there though, who's like his... Number two, technically. Losing so Wolf and Highsmith when he came in. Yeah. They, they basically, it was between Ball, Gutekunst, uh, Wolf and Highsmith. Wolf and Highsmith, who mm-hmm. I talked about earlier. Yep. Uh, and, which I mean, just the fact that all four of those guys were in this one front office. Impressive. And yep. Dorsey obviously came from there as well. And just, I've talked about it before, there's three strands that you can really come from in terms of GMs. Uh, it's the Belichick tree, the Ron Wolf tree, and the Aussie Newsom tree. Yeah, Ron and... And, and, and uh, you just said Tid Thompson under your voice. Yeah. Is that how you say Under your voice? Under my, yeah, under my voice. Yeah. <laughs> right under uh, And Ted Thompson was the Ron Wolf protege. And good kind of theory is the Ted Thompson protege. How does... No, he's doing everything completely different. Ted Thompson's probably having a stroke. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't want to talk about late tenure Ted Thompson. <laughs> I wasn't a fan, but... Uh, because he just didn't make moves. He was bad, yeah. But he's still, hey, he's still a consultant. Yeah, he like he, he was overrated late in his career because uh, not great, 
Not great. One of those volatile hugs. Can't fire a GM if you don't have owners. Not great. If everybody in the state of Wisconsin owns a billionaire team, you can't fire a GM. Mm -hmm. Okay. Again, not much to say on him. I mean, he did. He's least the Saints. Interested. I'm interested. Uh, Okay. 19. And he gets big Ozzie Newsome bump because I love Ozzie Newsome. Ravens GM Eric DaCosta, who's in his first season. Uh, he signed Earl Thomas. That's kind of like the only thing he did other than the, the, the past draft, which hard to speak on the players. But he's been Ozzie Newsome's right hand man for a very long time. Hand picked. It's. You just gotta trust Ozzie. Yeah, I trust, I trust Ozzie. Like I said, there's three strands, and Ozzie's my queen. Uh, and, and Vince Newsom's still the director of professional and he's been there forever and he'll be with DaCosta so I feel like DaCosta had I don't know if I want to say a heavy hand last year he did yeah I think so I think it was almost 50-50 or DaCosta yeah, 60-40 I, I agree and like I, it feels like Ozzy wanted to go out and like here you go Ravens here's the next 10 years of your franchise and like DaCosta just getting started with obviously the selection of Lamar Jackson last year mm-hmm. and I think he's had a like a good draft this year. Like I really if, want to watch this team. If Ozzie and you, sorry, a- interesting future mm-hmm. for sure. Very different from what the Ravens have been the last yeah. twenty years. Well, sorry, Rob. I was just gonna say if I could put Ozzie and Newsom into the Hall of Fame again, I would as a GM. He should be. I mean, I put him in twice. I don't fucking care. Yeah, put him in twice. Put him in twice. Put him in twice. But yeah, no, their offense is gonna be much different than it's been. More exciting, but. Again, DaCosta, I think, understands the comp pick theory that Ozzie Newsom's been running yeah. for years. Yeah. They let Darius Smith walk. They're going to get comp pick. They're going to comp pick. Uh, and he, I mean, their secondary is... It's hard to argue that there's anything better than their secondary. Underrated. Well, I, I don't know. Marlon Humphrey switches number to 44. Yeah, that might hurt. But he had to give it to Earl, so I don't Yeah, know. but he didn't have to pick 44 to be a corner. But and we're we've talked about this before. I think Humphrey can pull off the Coming in on in sub-pack, just play fullback. <laughs> Shut up. I'd fuck with that. Okay. He's got to own it. Into the next tier. Uh, what tier were we just in? We were, we were in just a... in tier five, and now we're in tier four where I can't find where I've written that. Last tier was what? Oh. Tier four. Okay. All guys who drafted top players in team history. Yeah, let's do it. So basically, they get a bump. A lot of them get a bump because it's like, well, Jimmy Jones did draft Troy Aikman 30 years ago. So, okay, 18 is Marty Herney of the Carolina Panthers in his second stint as the Panthers GM. Weird. I, um, he also a former sports, uh, like, writer who just, yeah. this is like an NBA, like, the NBA is weird about hiring GMs, like, agents become GMs, and that doesn't happen in football. That's or like, uh, like, Bob Myers, the Warriors GM, was an agent. Um, Rob Polinko was an agent. He's the Lakers GM now. Oh, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Basketball's weird as hell. Um... The NFL is really old school. Marty Herney's like kind of the only guy who transcended that, but it happened so long ago. And then he's like in his second stint as the Panthers GM, which falls in the old boy rules of NFLing. Mm-hmm. So uh, his grandfather did. Yeah, yeah. he's got tenure. Yeah. And, and the thing with Marty Herney is, I thought he was so much worse than he really is. When you look at his resume, it's not bad in terms of picks. He made the playoffs four of thirteen seasons. Not great, but. He ha- he like he is the technically the architect of those Panther the Panther Super Bowl team yeah, against yeah. the Patriots, and the one that lost um, to the Broncos. Wait, who did they lose to? The- yeah, the Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> Losing my mind. Uh, he- Cam, when did you get on that fumble? Never <laughs> not going to say. He, he drafted Luke Keekley. He drafted Cam Newton. He drafted Thomas Davis. He drafted Julius Peppers, which I mean, 
Not that hard to draft Julius Peppers. Everyone knew. Uh, he drafted Thomas Davis. He uh, he has a really high hit rate on first-round picks, is something I noticed, and a, not a great hit rate on uh, day two picks. Drafting guys like Jimmy Clausen, Everett Brown, the great Florida State. Which is more important, the first or, or like day one or day two? We're having this conversation now. Um, oh, my God. <laughs> Sorry. It's a big-ass conversation. <laughs> I wasn't ready. Uh, I mean, okay, the hit on a first-round pick is quite important, but if you're hitting... A, like if your hit rate on the on day two is higher, higher like you're gonna Just be better. Like the guts of your football team are built after the first round. The first round's where you find your stars. It's this doesn't sound right, but it's easier to find a star in the first round to to find than to find the guts that build like truly build the heart of your I football think team. I think to finish yeah. your thought, day one is more important because you gotta hit those picks. Day two uh, and three now. It's so where you build a football team. Mm-hmm. You build your roster. Um, if, you, if you miss those first-round picks, start it up, you're getting fired. Point blank. Yeah. If you do the later picks, you're building a Super Bowl team. There's more. I uh, I just wrote a banger for AmpereAllAmericans.com. For what now? <laughs> where I picked the undrafted free agent on uh, every NFL roster. It's going to make the team this year. Th- this beer free. opening break brought to you by... ArmchairNFL.com. Whatever the fuck it is. That's not the URL. And ACL Americans on Twitter. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, I'm there, there are more undrafted free agents on NFL teams than first round picks. Which, I mean, if, when you look at it, obviously there's numbers. just numbers. But it, it, it also matters Still, to. The, it means that like people, like first round picks, first round picks miss. First round yeah. what now? First round picks. <laughs> and, and like. Special teams, although it's not actually one third of the game, a lot of the guts of your special teams are built on undrafted yeah, guys. It's not one third; it's one it's half of the game. I love special teams linebackers. We know this. We're big special teams. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> we My barely guys. talked about Matt, Matt, Marty Herney. We're What's there to say? It's fine. Marty Herney. He's been around for forty-five uh, years. He traded a two thousand eight second-round pick, which was then traded to the Vikings to select Arkansas State safety Tyrell Johnson. Okay. He, a two thousand eight fourth-round pick, which was used to select Mike McGlynn, and a twenty a two thousand nine first-round pick traded to the Bills to select Eric Wood to the Eagles for a twenty or two thousand eight first-round pick to select Jeff Ota. All that for Jeff Ota. Holy fuck. Yeah, I did my research. It's a wild ride for Jeff yeah. Ota. Okay, 17. Mickey, I'm also technically the GM of the New Orleans Falcons. Loomis. Okay, this is what I was waiting for. Time. I do want to say a thing. What the fuck is up with Mickey Loomis? Why don't we talk about Mickey Loomis more? He's going to take Zion. What do you mean? Why is he the... G- <laughs> the fucking... What do they call that? The Pelicans. Why is he... Yeah, he can build a Super Bowl Saints and get Zion Williamson. And what? Anthony Davis. Look, okay... ESPN should just talk about Mickey Loomis. Nobody talks about it enough. Why is this not talked about? What if he won both? Tom Benson let this man run both <laughs> the basketball and football team for years. Then Tom Benson died. Rest in peace. And his wife is letting him still do it. But the, the Pelicans are trying to hire a real GM now. They brought in David Griffin and hired a real GM. I can't remember who David was. David not a real GM. Um, David Griffin doesn't have the GM title, but he's just... In charge of the GM. Yeah, David Griffin has the Mickey Loomis title on Pelicans now. Is the point. Like, I don't think Loomis has... I don't know how much Loomis is doing. I don't understand. <laughs> we know you don't. <laughs> uh, okay, but as GM of the Saints since 2002, which also isn't talked about enough, he's been the GM of the Saints for a very, very long time. Like, through some bad seasons, but did ultimately hire Sean Payton. Signed Drew Brees, bet on Drew Brees, six years, 60 million in 2006. 
hit on guys like Alvin Kamara, Jimmy Graham, Cam Jordan, Michael Thomas, Jerry Evans. Missed on guys like Cedric Ellis, Stanley Jean Baptiste. Remember when he went in the second round? Because he was like 6'4". That was like the, the peak of the Seahawks. AJ oh. and Casey's hero, Stephon Anthony. Okay. Look, oh. I defended Stephon Anthony last week. <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> I was like, bringing him up as much as I can lately. Should, he should have, they didn't use him correctly, okay? He should have panned out. Uh, Jonathan Sullivan, Robert Meacham. But his assistant GM is Jeff Ireland. He's willing to ask the tough questions. He is. <laughs> so, I don't know. Again, like, Mickey Loomis doesn't feel like a great GM, but he's that supplemented by Sean Payton's the head coach and Drew Brees at the QB, and they hit on enough guys that those two can keep the team rolling. Because he's got a lot on his plate. Like, yeah. <laughs> obviously, who has the longer leash? Sean Payton. They would have fired Mickey Loomis way before they fired Sean Payton. Are you sure? That's no, two, that's two whole jobs you got to fill up. <laughs> <laughs> Sean Payton coach the Pelicans what do you mean okay cards on the table who do you trust more to, to run the Pelicans Sean Payton or Mickey Loomis be fucking honest Sean Payton yeah for sure Sean Payton Sean understands you just gotta keep AD that's all you gotta do no big deal no big deal Sean Payton's got a plan in place to make Zion the starting tight end for the Saints okay <laughs> if they do Mickey Loomis both teams why can't Zion play both why can't Zion no that's a good point that's a really good point obviously Anthony Davis is too tall and thin to play football but Zion he can play football. Yeah. And he can play D end and tight end. He can play both ways. Exactly. And then put Marcus Davenport on the basketball team. Who? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> anyway, guys, summertime is the best time of the year. Retrain. We're talking vacation, the beach, lots of sun, and of course, sports. Baseball? Okay. Oh, uh, well, this is the US Open right now, Rob. Show some respect. While you're sipping on your favorite beverage by the pool. Let's check the standings. Mine's a uh, neutral. Uh, why not get a little action on the games? We're getting paid for this, shush. Whether you like MLB, MMA, golf, or anything else, the big three, my bookie is the place to bet. Their mobile site is easy to use and allows you to make the bets from anywhere. No hassle, no waiting in line, no need to get on the get off the couch. Stay on the couch. This now this no now is the perfect time to replenish <laughs> your bank account after that vacation and to make sure you've got plenty of bankroll come football season. See, it's all about football season. Yeah. Maybe you want to drop future bets on next year's NBA champions, drop Raptors, repeat, or to back your favorite player to win the Heisman Trophy. Guesses? Huh? We haven't looked at it yet. Justin Herbert. My bookie no. wants you... Yeah, roll Oregon. My bookie wants you to have as much fun as possible this summer. Much more fun than winning money while watching sports. Nothing. Just visit mybookie.ag today to get started. Then try your luck at outsmarting the odds makers. AJ never has. But wait, if you deposit with promo code HEAVEN today, MyBookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code HEAVEN at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. Quickly. AJ doesn't. U.S. Open predictions. Who's winning? Brooks Kepka. Okay, he's at minus four right now. That seems good. I have nothing. Gary Williams in the league. Good choice. Lock <laughs> James, he's at minus nine. <laughs> Casey, you're introduced to the show right now. Who's winning the U.S. Open? Don't look at my screen. Tiger. Who's Tiger? Did he make the cut? I don't know. Uh, Arnold Palmer. I'm, I'm going with Italian as always. Francesco Molinari. That's not a real person. Uh, okay, the final player, or GM, and the old guys who drafted top players in team history. Jared. Jerry. 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 Jerry Jones, Dallas Cowboys GM since 1989. Okay, Jerry should sell the team. No. Retire. No. And be Arky's AD. Okay, yeah. 
You know, so, well, yeah, yeah, never mind. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I mean, is Jerry really the GM? Probably not. His son Steven and Will McClay probably run the team. Well, and they're probably pretty good at it because it seems like they are. Was well, that Jerry's, Jerry's long-term plan to just, like, have Steven eventually, like, groom him as a GM? Wouldn't you do that with a bad plan? Son? Absolutely. That's, that's my plan for Why my child. Why couldn't we be born to Jerry Jones and be running into football teams? Smart. White privilege, man. Sucks. I wish I had that. I wish I had that oil money, baby. <laughs> okay. One day. He's made the playoffs in 15 of 30 seasons. That's pretty good. He's won three Super Bowls. He traded Herschel Walker. If I went through this whole trade, That's I, I can see how big of a pair I'm also seeing it. I, wrote, yeah. I, I have all this written down, but um, yeah. Read, I'm not going to go through it, it all. <laughs> but it's, it's whack. Um, anyway... He made moves. It has its own Wikipedia page. So yeah, I know it does. Herschel Walker trade. How do you talk about research for articles or anything? Just go on Wikipedia. I don't care. It's a real source, people. <laughs> Sponsor us. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I need him on Troy Aikman 30 years ago. Emmett Smith, Larry Allen, Jason Witten, Demarcus Ware. He's missed on David LaFleur. I was re-watching a Cowboys 1998 football game the other day and David mm-hmm. LaFleur caught three touchdowns in the game yep. and then I thought of it as like is you he still really a miss? miss? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Chackney scored seven touchdowns that season and then he had like nine in his career though but seven in one season. Who's the, who's the other Cowboy center? I can't just get it. I can't get the name right now. Like the good one? Yeah. Um, oh gosh. Our friend of the show Chris Matsukis' dad loves it. I can't get the name. Can't Why can't I get the name? 484. Um... They missed on Bobby Carpenter, Felix the Cat Jones, Morris Claiborne, kind of Taco Charlton, definitely. Fuck you. But hey, Stephen stopped him from drafting Johnny Menzel and took Zach Martin, the best guard of the decade. So yeah, I don't know. Not a lot to say on Jerry because I don't know. They, I mean, they got Dak Prescott on day three, a franchise QB. Technique. Jay Novacek. Yes, thank you. I couldn't get the name. I would. <laughs> uh, but is, is Jason Witten like a net negative because he because yes. of him as a commentator? Like yeah, for for his impact. He's no longer a Hall of Fame tight end. Yeah, Jay Novacek is. Now. You've been, you've Someone's been got to insert him. <laughs> well, no, Rico Gaither's off his discusses but first game only, right? Okay, it's okay. Anyway, into the real GMs now. The Young Guns. Uh, I know we get speed up. It's a long podcast. Fifteenth, Brett Veach, Kansas City Chiefs. Playoffs, two of two seasons. Is it John Dorsey's team? He's making the playoffs list. Sure is. Um, he just traded D Ford for a second round pick. It's okay. It's okay. Draft hits, none yet. Draft misses, none yet. Uh, Frank Clark uh, is a better player than D Ford. No, let's move on. You're not wrong. Um, I I, I don't know. It's just it's hard to gauge Veach because it feels like like all the players that matter on that team. John Dorsey draft. John Dorsey is going to be high on this list. Who? Yeah. Fourteenth, Brandon Bean, Buffalo Bills. You just admit you're a Bills fan. I want you to come clean right now. I you're a Buffalo fucking Bills fan. I'm a Matt Milano fan. By extension, I'm a Buffalo Bills football fan. Okay. Uh, when I went to a Bills game, they were really nice to me when I was wearing my Steelers stuff. I got offered a burger. I got uh, I was at a Steelers-Bills game in Toronto, and I got a pizza tray thrown at me for wearing a Seahawks hat. So, <laughs> garbage people in Buffalo. I'm saying it now. Not Friends of the show. The city of Buffalo. <laughs> might have just been Toronto folk. <laughs> Probably was. I mean, they're shitty, too. Yeah. Uh, Go Raptors. But... Okay, Bean's Classy got, fans. Bean's got Lee Dawson in the front office, and he's got Dan Morgan. People forget how good Dan Morgan mm-hmm. was. He was Luke Keekley before Luke Keekley on Carolina. All about the U. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, Bean, playoffs, one or two seasons. Him and McDermott, this is coming back. This is a legitimate thing that matters. Continuity between GM and head coach, Bean and McDermott have that. They were together in Carolina. Yeah. I, I think it's, it's something that K 
can almost it doesn't transcend like co- coaching or drafting, but when you have that, it, it can like both are supplemented, right? Yes. When they're on the same page, like he's good yeah. at draft players, he knows what McDermott likes in a player, he knows schematically what he's looking for. Um, I, I think that matters a lot. It does absolutely, and like I assume they have a close close working relationship. And like he he hit on Trey White yes. when uh, late first round. Yep. Hit on Matt Milano. Who? I we don't love Josh Allen, but that follows the in theory. Josh Allen is the type of QB they like coming from Carolina. He's not anything near what Cam Newton was yeah, coming he's to taller, offer. Taller, faster, and is a better arm than Cam Newton. Just say it. But in, in theory, similar style of play. Um, Tremaine Edmonds, that was a steal. Like Great. they've built, but they understand how to build a defense together. So I think that matters, and I think that's a guy who could shoot up if only they didn't draft Josh Allen. Move on. Got it. Thirteen. I am much higher on this man than some. 49ers GM John Lynch. People are high, low on him when he got hired. Hired yeah. him after his first draft. Some of those things haven't panned out. Like Solomon Thomas. I think he's been playing out of position. He's not a niche. Yeah. He's a three-tech. I think now with Nick Bosa on the team, we're going to see Solomon Thomas playing a lot more on the interior next to Forrest Buckner, and that's going to change everything for Solomon Yeah, Robert Salah doesn't know what he's doing. That's his fault. Um, they also have Martin Mayhew, Adam Peterson, Ron Cruz in the front office. And uh, I just said Ray Carthon really weird, and it sounded like I said Ray Cruz. So. Who? <sighs> anyway, I don't Google Ray Cruz. Uh, he, he also acquired Jimmy Garoppolo for just a second round pick. In theory, a franchise QB, they probably might have, should have waited to pay him. But yeah, I mean. In, in theory, he's also hit on George Kittle, like McGlinchey, Fred Warner. Like he's hitting on. John Lynch has done. Much a much better job than I anticipated this early, especially like when you when you hire someone from the media. He's drafting players I think we were high on that haven't ne- like Solomon Thomas that haven't necessarily Solomon. hit yeah. yet. But I think you're again, holding, that, you hold faith on that because I think he'll kick inside and that'll matter. And he got Nick Bosa and like Mike McGlinchey was a really smart pick at nine. I loved Fred Warner. That yeah. worked out immediately. George Kittle was a really It's impressive guy. how good of a job he's done coming from Fox. And if you look at his actual... Who has not done a good job in general. <laughs> the Simpsons should not still be on the air. Continue. I said it. Whoa. It's bad now. Yeah, it's okay. been bad for it's like 14 like, years. Yeah, you exactly. might as well just keep it going. Sorry. Sorry, Homer. <laughs> nice. Friend uh, of the show. Macaroni is making other TV shows for Netflix now. I haven't um, watched it yet. It's enjoyable. I didn't like the first you episode. Gotta, you gotta, you need some su- supplementation to enjoy. Sorry. Anyway, <laughs> we don't talk about that. <laughs> John, John Lynch's really only miss is Ruben Foster, who isn't a playing miss on thirty field, seconds. Miss. Thirty seconds. He wasn't a miss on field. It's. Ho- I'm not gonna defend that guy because he's a. No, I'm not defending him. I'm just saying he wasn't a no, miss no, on the field. No, I'm saying I'm not gonna defend him. Okay. Allegedly. At, at thirty seconds. At 30 seconds... 31. I don't know why you keep saying Oh, I'm so sorry. Fuck, it's off my pick. I look like a fucking idiot. (laughs) You're swearing off my head. Too much. Yeah, you retweet. Um, It's hard to call him a mess. Okay. Moving on. Titans GM John Robinson. Um, They, I think, are going to start churning if Marcus Mariota ever pans out. He's drafted good players around Mariota. Yeah. They've built an offensive line. They've... um, like Kevin Byard was a steal. Mm-hmm. Still needs weapons, but they're trying. Really, their only bad pick's been Kevin Dodd, who's a guy I thought would be much better I than he is. I was big. I was high on Kevin Dodd too. 
Um, the like he he's the one who he traded her that pick that the Rams traded up to draft Jared Goff and got a whole ton of things. Yeah. Uh, like the the pieces are there if they can on both sides of the ball. I think Mike Vrabel's the right coach. Uh, yeah. we've talked with our offensive coordinator before. Um, that's where they really need to find their pieces. Like Dean Pease is the right DC. Vrabel's the right head coach. They yeah. just need to find an offensive identity for Mariota and the OC. So. I don't think like I think John Robinson's gonna last a while. I do. What, too. Whether they make the playoffs even in the next three, like I think Robinson and Vrabel are in this together for the long haul. I course. do too. And like you said, John has drafted a lot of talented football players, and he's been good. You got a lot in that uh, in the Marcus Mariota. Um, just do you sign him? Do you not? It's they just need to find an offensive identity. It all comes exactly. down to the OC and Mariota. Mean, Malarkey was a shit show. Okay, number 11, a guy who's really shot up over the last year, Bears GM Ryan Pace, who, if you asked me two years ago, he probably would have been near the bottom, right? Yeah. And now he's made the, obviously he made the trade for Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. which felt like a fleecing. I mean, the man somehow got a second round pick back in a deal for Khalil Mack. <laughs> uh, yeah. His only real big miss has been Kevin White. Which, who can blame him? In the moment, Casey. Okay, in the moment, Kevin White was this height, weight, speed freak, um, who, in injury wise, injuries basically killed whatever he could have potentially yeah. been. Uh, that aside, like Kevin White's bust, whatever. He's drafted so well outside of the first round. He's drafted Adrian Amos, Eddie Jackson. Uh, Cody Whitehair, Tariq Cohen, like guys like that. He found Jordan Howard who gave them value and flipped them, drafted David Montgomery. Uh, Roquan Smith was a, felt like a no brainer, but like getting that Khalil Mack, like Leonard Floyd, I know hasn't really lived up to it, but I think this is really, I'm a fan of Leonard Floyd. I am too. Like, uh, he bet on Kyle Fleur and gave him that big deal. Kyle Fleur reported with all pro year. They built a really good offensive line. He paid guys like, uh, Charles Leno, who's, low-key one of the best left tackles of football. I think he's done a really good job handling paying players and drafting. Trubisky is not a guy I love, but the hire of Matt Nagy has been so important, that's, and that's another yeah. bonus. He hired, he hired Matt Nagy. He hired Matt Nagy. Basically, this last year has put Ryan Pace almost into that second tier of GM, and he's at the top. You, of know, what's, you know what's kind of interesting, that's though? Like The guys you named as... like Amos is gone. Eddie's locked up. Cohen's... Cohen, he's a peace player. Roquan's young. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see how Ryan Pace, like, I, I don't want to say he needs to rebuild the roster, but he still has to keep continuing building yeah, that roster. Yeah, yeah. Even not, he's, you're not done. He's not done, no. He's had a lot of hits. The biggest one, technically, Matt Nagy. But uh, that roster isn't done. Uh, I think they're still getting better. Max, the, pe- the biggest piece on the defense, obviously. Um, like, for a young GM, he hasn't had... Like the concert is kind of already unraveling a bit, but um, I trust him. Yeah, I trust for him. Sure. All right, tier two, proven but not elite, ellipses. Oh, right. oh. <laughs> uh, ten. Tom Telesco of the Chargers. Yeah, a guy who doesn't seem like he gets enough credit. Uh, I know it had been a bit of a grind, and that's the payoff of waiting on a GM you trust. Like early, they were killed by injuries. Uh, but he, he made good, like signing Casey Hayward was a really smart thing. Uh, he's drafted guys like Desmond King and Keenan Allen outside of the first round. 
who are two of the best of their positions. Joey Bosa, Melvin Gordon, Derwin James. He also, this past draft, had, I thought, one of the strongest drafts. You and me both agree. Yeah, Jerry yeah. Tillery and Desir Adderley were two of the best first and second round picks in terms of value. I mean, Pipkin's only uh, outside, but... Most of his misses came early. Menti Teow, DJ Fluker, Jer- Jeremiah uh, Uh DJ Fluker is a starter in the National Football League. So. And Menti Teow okay. almost won a national championship at Notre Dame. DJ Fluker got <laughs> better when he left the Chargers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Telesco's done a really good job and hired a really strong staff. Um, him and the Spanos and, uh, and the, like, I just, this is another team. It just feels like strong continuity, like, total job security. He's only made the playoffs two of six seasons. Uh, but, I They've mean. They've been relevant for a long time. Yeah. Exactly. And injury bugs killed them. Like, he dropped the guys. Like, Hunter Henry would be a complete hit if he could stay healthy. Let me, let me give Tom Telesco some uh, respect. The Spanos family, long considered a poor ownership in yeah. San Diego, mm-hmm. now LA. Transitioning that team to LA in a 28,000 season, whatever the fuck it is. Um, hiring Anthony Lynn. That's a lot of churning. That's a weird, that's a word. I dig a lot it. of turnover for Tom Telesco, and he's steadied the ship. They have a super fucking talented football team. Also, an important thing, like, Anthony Lynn's been a guy who's constantly interviewing for years yeah, for head coaching and, gigs. No, and and, and he, he he gave him the job. He bet on him. Exactly. He also, the yeah. coordinators they hired are two former head coaches, and Ken Wisenhunt and Gus Bradley, who are... Gus Bradley, I mean, he didn't have much success as a head coach, but before that, and now, he's been considered one of the five best defense coordinators, both before becoming a head coach and after. Yeah. Uh, and with Wisenhunt took a team to a Super Bowl. He was a Super Bowl winning offensive coordinator in Pittsburgh. Like, just the staff has been strong. Aging quarterback. He just kept that whole thing afloat and, like, draft really strong. Yeah. And I think he just has a strong understanding of how to build an NFL team. Yeah. When it feels like the Chargers franchise could sink at any second over these last couple of years with all of that turnover. He studied it. The championship window just and, keeps, and keeps exact, on that's so yeah. Exactly, James. That's so yeah. impressive. They're like... Philip Rivers is getting out there, maybe playing his best ball ever now, but I mean, like you said, the window's closing and he's kept and, it open. And of the GMs in the top 10 here, Telesco's by far gets the least credit. I agree. That's what I'm saying. I'm trying to give him some like credit. He's never I talked agree. about, really. Yep. And he's been... Yeah, especially if they have like a really good season this year, he, Which, he'll jump up in that for sure. Uh, okay, nine is my favorite team in the world, the Neil Apis Colts GM, Chris Ballard. Uh, playoffs in one of two seasons. He... Locked into Frank Drake a little bit, but it's draft a, like yeah. th- this past year was such a strong draft. He got Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, Braden Smith. Those feel like okay, two All Pros and Quentin Nelson, Darius Leonard, and Braden Smith, who I think is going to be one of the best right tackles in the NFL like for a long time. Two or three Pro Bowls in this group. What do you think are better? Well, we struggle to vote right tackles Pro Bowls, exactly. but, but Pro Bowl that season, that's a guy. Yeah, like yes, like Jeff Schwartz should have way more Pro Bowl. Wait, Scott Hayes. Mitchell um, Schwartz, not his brother Jeff. No. <laughs> Jeff's great on Twitter, though. Rest <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm joking. Uh, okay, I thought you were breaking news. He also traded that first round pick that the Jets used to get Sam Darnold, took Quentin Nelson, took Braden Smith, uh, and then traded the other second round pick to the, to the Eagles, who used it to draft Dallas Goddard and got Chemical Turret. And, like, that's, that's, another, that's another thing. They, that's good like, they, like I said, they drafted Nelson, Leonard, and Smith, but they also drafted Kevin Couture, who had big flashes last year. Taekwon Lewis, who, a guy I didn't love, but Noted had big on. flashes last year. Yeah. Like, he's drafted 
quite strong. Um, he got the right head coach in there. Matt Eberf- like it's kind of the coaching staff was a total lock in with Eberflus and Wright because they weren't even together. But they're speaking of lock in, having Andrew helps. But also dropping the pieces around. Yeah, they fixed the issues. Yeah, they've never been able to put that team around Andrew Luck. Also, and I think Malik Hooker is a guy he bet on who's got the injury history. And it, obviously, they have injuries as a rookie. He was banging up a bit as a second year. I think Malik Hooker's going to take a huge jump this year. And Ballard came in with Andrew Luck completely in flux, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, okay. that, that was the one. Sorry, I watched their um, the Colts like draft room. They had like the 40. oh yeah, no, that's another Bears. thing. It was like I watched that. And I'm like, I saw Ballard. I'm like, fuck, he's he could that, like, take them there. I legitimately that, believe that it. was another thing that I thought was really cool. A lot of GMs I don't think would have done something like that. And Chris Ballard just had this like, like, like five or six little episode thing yeah. being in the draft room, and it just gave you a really cool like plugged in look. Ballard just seems like a cool guy. So it's Frank Reich for that yeah. matter. But I that's why I talked about it. the Colts were my favorite team to watch last year, and I. They'll probably be my favorite team to watch again this year. Yeah. They're just, it. from GM to, I mean, their owner, Jim Ursay. Don't get me started, my favorite owner. But no, the GM and their coaching staff and their player personnel. It's just awesome. Yeah. Okay, eight. Rams GM Les Snead, who four years ago, if anyone asked, Les Snead would be quite low on this list. Yes, he would be. But then he hired Sean McVay. Um, they've, he's drafted Aaron Donald. He drafted uh, Jared Goff. Jack uh, Rabbit? He, he drafted Jack Rabbit. Jenkins. He drafted Todd Gurley. He drafted Cooper Cup. He, lots of hits. But he also missed early. Brian Quick, Tavon Austin, yeah. Greg Robinson. Lots of misses. Then Sean McVay came into the picture. Uh, he also has been willing to bet on guys in free agency. Pay, pay him now to try and win a Super Bowl now uh, in the Jared Goff rookie contract window. I think smart. Um, it's... He was the only GM in the NFL who had a top 15 pick and was like, I don't care that Aaron Donald's kind of short. Mm-hmm. He's the best football player You're in the fucking wrong. world. You gotta respect that. So, like, there's a lot of bad to Les Needs' uh, resume. It all comes early, though. Yeah. And it's just like, it's kind of like the Ryan Pace thing, but even more so early was quite bad. Yeah. I'm surprised his leash was so long. No, you, you, I think yeah. part of that was the move and living through the Jeff Fisher and the move like kind of gave them a longer leash with their GM because it knew it would be a struggle early. And Jeff Fisher was kind of just this head coach, this steady a move. He, exactly. it yeah, it feels like McVay is obviously so important to that franchise, not just being a coach, but elsewhere. Just in front office. Like, yeah. Personally. But to give Leslie credit, he was the GM. He's also got a really him. strong front office with, like, I mentioned Brian Sanders at the top of the show. Yeah. Like, Kevin Demoff's there, too, and they have Ray Agnew. Like, these are three guys who are not all three. Like, Sanders would probably be a guy who's going to potentially be interviewing for GM jobs. But all three of them are good enough to be the number two guy in most front offices. Yeah. Okay. Number seven, James's. James's guy, uh, brother of Ohio State great linebacker Chris Spielman, mm-hmm. Vikings GM Rick Spielman, who backs are bust, who has been there since 2012, which is a long time to be a GM and not maybe not get quite the credit he's always deserved. Um, him and George Patton are it's hard to beat that for a one-two punch in a front office. Yeah, uh, most of their success has come quite early. Uh, or sorry, quite late. I mean, yeah. Early, but it, it, it was kind of about finding that head coach, and he went with Mike Zimmer, and it's been a completely different show since then. He's hit on guys. 
Uh, like, uh, I mean, Harrison Smith, no yeah. one... Like, I remember when Harrison Smith's coming into Notre Dame, we all, like, most most people liked Harrison Smith a lot, but no one thought he'd be this good. Mm-hmm. No one thought he'd be the best safety, potentially the best safety in the league. In the yeah, yeah, he's like, he's defensive cornerstone player. Xavier Rhodes was a guy some, like, because he, he was so big, it was kind of all over the place on him. Anthony Barr was this tweener. And they drafted him, and just instead of, like, he played literally on the edge, basically, at UCLA, and he's been an off-ball linebacker his whole career in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Daniel Hunter's a guy who, at LSU, had, I think, four and a half sacks his last year, and never had this big production, but you could see, yeah, you could see what he could be. They've been on him. Daniel Hunter is one of my favorite players in the league, and one of the best pass rushers in football. he's not at his max yet, like, we're still there. Eric Kendricks, another stud. And this isn't even talking about Stefan Diggs, who he found in the fifth round. Adam Thielen, who they signed undrafted and, like, built up through the practice squad, special teams, and eventually becomes a borderline top ten receiver. Mm-hmm. And most of the misses come early. Matt Khalil, who, honestly, Matt Khalil's rookie year was not bad, and it, I don't know what happened. That's something that isn't talked about that much. But Cordero mm-hmm. Patterson... <laughs> <laughs> It was, I think it was more just, you didn't know what he was. Yeah. He kind of came to the NFL too soon. Yeah, it was going to take a while for people to know what to do with him. Yeah, same, him and Tavon Austin both feel like they've come to the to the NFL 20 years too soon. 20 years, that type of player would be much more coveted. Yeah. Uh, Trey Wayne was uh, only one dribble, not great. Uh, but yeah. Uh, like he's yeah, killed La- it at Laquan draft- was the worst of all it, those, for sure. He, he's killed it drafting defensive players. Yeah, uh, and Mike Zimmer obviously plays a role in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he, I don't know, say what you will. I'm okay with the Kirk Cousins deal. I think Kirk Cousins, it's three years, all guaranteed. Sure. Give, yeah, given the situation they were in, I think you're sort of like I can understand it. I, I will say sort of like that's one of the ones where the coach GM sort of combination. They're clearly on the same page, which is sort of that, like this, exactly and, what. And the you're team gonna hear that through it, like Telasco and Lynn, Ballard and Reich. Sneed and McVeigh, Spielman and Zimmer, and you're going to hear it with the rest of those too. Yeah. Um, it's just, and like he's had bad bounces, like guys like Percy Harvin. Percy Harvin could have been awesome. Mm-hmm. Percy Harvin had so many injury things and yeah. just things were wrong. But Spielman can clearly evaluate talent, yeah, I guess, is the overall point. And I, I, I think you're hard pressed to find, and I think he is very close to hitting that top tier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think, yeah. If it wasn't for this past season, I think he probably would have been. Yeah, and like they've really like that Garrett Bradbury pick. I think was one of the best picks of the whole draft. And I'm, I mean, I love Garrett Bradbury, but I think that's an all pro pick. Um, okay, yeah. onto the final tier, the big dogs. Number six, Falcons GM Thomas Dimitrov. Yes, he's vegan. Yes, he's played college football in Canada for the University of Guelph. Go Griffins! Yes, his father was a longtime Belichick guy. Yes, he grew up being a grounds crew guy for the Browns when Belichick was head coach. Yes, you should definitely look into those Browns teams because I'm obsessed with them, the early 90s Browns, and all the people who were part of that staff under Belichick. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. six of 11 seasons he's made the playoffs. He's hit on Matt Ryan. Julio Jones, Brady Jarrett, Keanu O'Neill, Deion Jones, lots of hits. He hasn't missed on very many guys. Like, complete misses, basically Pariah Jerry uh, and Peter Collins. Um, it, it cooked off well when he took Matt Ryan with his first ever pick as the Falcons GM. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And he's also always had a really strong front office. I talked about it earlier. Uh, Scott Pioli's out, yeah. but he's been there for so long. And, like, it's not like he was fired. He just feels like kind of semi-retired. Uh, and they have guys like Russell Webster, Phil Emery, Steve Sabo, Joel Collier. Like, guys who've been around the league and in front office forever. He's really good at hiring front office guys. And people forget, again, he is technically from the Belichick tree. Because um, so long ago. Right? Yeah. Yeah, also, again, he's the hottest GM in the NFL. Yeah? You're, big, you're big laying points. that down? Not partially because Canadian-ish. Uh, I want to do a... Rob's a sucker for Canadians. So, uh, earlier during the podcast, I was thinking that uh, we should do a owner ranking show, which we've never done. But now I'm thinking let's do the sexiest owner's ranking. Arthur Blank, number one. Oh. Arthur Blank, third, <laughs> Blockbuster, or Home Depot? I forget which one. Home Depot. Okay. Same thing. And remember those old Apple Network commercials where you like did a little dance? Make a little love. I love Get Down's gonna say that. I love okay. Home Depot and I love Blockbuster, so it makes them up a lot. Mm. But yeah, Dimitrov's been there forever. Tons yeah. of tons of hits, not very many misses, a lot of just solid picks. Um Here's a fun one. He traded a twenty eleven first round pick, which was traded to the Chiefs to select Jonathan Baldwin, a twenty eleven second round pick, which was used by the Browns to take Greg Little, twenty eleven fourth round pick. Which was used to suck Owen Marichick, the guy who played pick. full pick and linebacker at Stanford yeah, and finished pick. top 10 in the Heisman somehow. 2012 first round pick, uh, which became Brandon Whedon, and a 2012 fourth round pick, traded the Vikings to select Jarius Wright oh. to the Browns for a 2011 first round pick that became Julio Jones. A who? It's a lot of math, but it works out. Yeah, I love looking into those. Uh, that's so much fun. There's so much irrelevance yeah. for, uh, <laughs> for an, a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dimitrov has obviously done a very good job mm-hmm. in Atlanta. Almost, it's, it's been a decade. That's yeah. I know it's been a, it's been a, it's almost been like an every other year thing with Atlanta. Oh, I also yeah, think they sure. had the wrong head coach for a bit. Like Mike Smith, it felt like <laughs> I, it felt He's, like they were overachieving with Mike Smith as head coach. Mike Smith, the type of guy that's going to get you to seven wins but never over the hump. Mm-hmm. And the players that Dimitrov was getting around him was getting them to the playoffs. Let me ask this it question. It was worth more than what they were getting. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Let me ask this question. I know the answer to it. But, um, does Thomas Dimitrov get another kick at the head coach if Dan Quinn fails this year? Yes. He deserves it. I think him and Arthur Blank are in it for the long haul. Okay. James? I disagree with that. I disagree too. I don't think he will. I think he deserves it though. I think if it's if if it doesn't work this year, I think Dan and uh, I think I out. think Arthur Blank is like I, I think there are a few owners in this league. Is Arthur Blank's a very good I owner? I think Arthur he's Blank. underrated as owner. I've been at Home Depot. I've spent so much Home what now? Have you ever bought a little cactus from Home Depot? <laughs> Why the fuck never? Are you doing that? Um, <laughs> sorry, I I'm, I'm not a succulent person. I'm sorry, you're off. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I bought lots of lumber though. On to it. <laughs> Fifth. Steelers GM Kevin Colbert, who's technically been GM since 2000. Brother Steven, no one knows that. But uh, shut up. <laughs> That's just not okay thing Inside to say. scoop. Go. <laughs> What's that not okay to say? <laughs> you definitely don't know about Stephen Colbert's background. Uh, 12 of 19 seasons. So f- 12 of 19 <laughs> seasons, he's made this uh, playoffs, two Super Bowls. Um... He traded 2003 first round pick, uh, which was used to take Penn State running back Larry Johnson. Good, 
pick for two seasons when he had like 700 combined touches and he used them up completely Uh, 2003 third round pick which was used for Julian Bell and a 2003 sixth round pick traded the Jets to select Brooks Bollinger oh don't talk shit about Brooks Bollinger to the Chiefs for a 2003 first round pick Troy Palmolive he's traded up two times in his career in the first round once to select Troy Palmolive second time this year to select Devin Bush Whoa! Uh, I think he's mentioned Rob. Hit on guys like Paul Muller, Ben Roethlisberger, Marquise Pouncey, Antonio Brown, Lev Bell. Hits on a lot. A lot he hit on a lot of first round picks, like early to mid of his career, yeah. and um, missed more lately. There was like a lull. Uh, he's hit more actually lately. It was no, like, he's he, he he's yeah, he down and he's peaking again with Devin Bush, baby. And it's like TJ Watt. <laughs> That's who? the sign. Exactly. Uh, but, like, there's misses like Jarvis Jones, uh, 2DB, Senquiz, Golson, Artie Burns had me screaming. Nice. My friends reported that one. Terrible piss. You should have seen my reaction when he took Senquiz, Golson. I've never been more angry. Um, <laughs> That's a terrible Zig, Ziggy Hood, Mike That's Adams, the Ohio State. Sorry? But, but I mean, p- part of it is just continuity. He's always had continuity with his head coaches. Bill Coward, Mike Tomlin. Uh, he's been in the organization forever. The Roonies and him have a great relationship. It's Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, it, it is, isn't it? And if, when he retires, like, Brandon Hunt probably becomes the GM. Was Ziggy Hood a bust? Yes. Or did they know exactly what they were getting out of him and they did? Because like, Wait, so you're saying they took a guy who wasn't very good because they knew he wouldn't be very good? <laughs> I think Kevin Every once in a while... Yeah. <laughs> I think he knew what he was doing. I mean, but no, he played snaps. You're not wrong. <laughs> I think they knew they're getting eleven career sacks of Ziggy and trapped him anyways. Okay. <laughs> he also he also dropped with Cam Hayward, Javon Hargrave, and um, Stephen Tuitt. So Stephon Tuitt. Sorry. You you better be. Had a couple too many uh, neutrals and cottage sprints. Okay. Cottage sprints. Four. This might be a bit high for some, but. Browns GM John Dorsey, who I think built the current playoff G- Chiefs teams. He did. Yeah. yeah. Some people like act like he didn't. And uh, get, like Danny Reed. Yeah. Which I get partially, but I think any any has a hand in that. But mm-hmm. but like him and Dorsey, I think again continuity. Uh, and obviously he brought Elliot Wolf and Alonzo Highsmith. Like they had Paul D. Podesta, yeah. who who played Jonah or is Jonah Hill played him? <laughs> no, no, play Jonah. He's gonna play Jonah Hill in his Jonah Hill played him in Moneyball. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been playoffs through six seasons. He uh, he traded for Odell Beckham, so Ooh. pretty smart. He's also drafted guys like Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, Terry Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Baker Mayfield. He's only really missed on Kaveri Russell, who I didn't think was gonna be such a miss. And I thought it was smart when the Bengals signed him. And then, like, he's just apparently not good at football. He's okay. But no, Dorsey's been very, a very, very strong GM. And he was one, it was apparently also in the Colts, like, their draft. Is he calls because oh, he's yes. friends with Ballard? So he called him when it was the Colts turned to pick just to fuck with them to annoy him when they were on the I clock. I saw that. It yeah. was so Dorsey seems like a very enjoyable guy. <laughs> a classic, you can tell he played linebacker back in the day. He grew up. He's the he's a psycho. He he's from the Ron Ron Wolf uh, GM tree. Can I say John Dorsey is like like football guy is such an overused term, and it's usually guys that are not. He's the, the most football guy of the top ten GMs. Yeah, and also in a good way. Yes, yeah. Like sometimes, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say. Sometimes football guys like positive connotations. Like, like Dave Gettleman's a football guy. I'm not going to deny that. That's what I was about to say. He's yeah. a football guy. Yeah. Dave Gettleman's a football guy, but in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Like, John Dorsey's a football guy in a good way. Yeah, and like Mickey Loomis is a basketball guy. Uh, 
<laughs> but like there are Nick. like if you were to say who are the most football guys in the top ten GMs, it's John Dorsey and like Rick Spielman by extension because his brother's the greatest linebacker in Ohio State history. Bill Belichick. <laughs> no, Bill Belichick's a lacrosse guy. Well, you, yeah, you got me there. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, number three, Eagles GM Howie Roseman. Who's there are few GMs as innovative as him. I think he's willing to look at anything from like he is the most analytics friendly GM. Uh, yeah, he is. At, at least at the top, um, the Jaguars are low key really analytic based because Shaq Khan's son yeah, runs that right. whole no, right. But I just think it's like kind of being blocked by Coughlin. Tom Coughlin. Coughlin. Yeah, yeah. Um, Does Tom Coughlin know what analytics is? No. We're taking calls. <laughs> But yeah, Roseman. His password is password. Roseman tough to like. Roseman's hit hit on guys through like every round. Like, remember Brandon Graham seemed like a bust early in his career. He did, and like Roseman held out. Yeah, Roseman survived the Chip Kelly takeover. He built a Super Bowl team. He's drafted really smart. He's an analytics based guy, but he builds through his lines. He's never afraid to take a offensive or defensive lineman. Just did it again this year when it wasn't necessarily the base uh, need with Andre Dillard. Like, uh, Howie Roseman is like the opposite of Boomer Bust. He's kind of like a steady. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. Build mm-hmm. like yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. like it's not like like, and, and like bust, there's a lot of, like just like that's smart pick. His, his busts are weird. If you look at it, Danny Watkins, Canadian offensive uh, guard, wasn't a bust for the record. <laughs> he honestly, Danny Watkins. Just wasn't a, This is a fully real thing. He wasn't committed to football. He wanted to be a firefighter. He's the that greatest le- firefighter in the history of the province of Alberta, and I will stand by that. He legitimately wanted to just be a firefighter and not play football. Like that was it was what it was. Marcus Smith was a really strange pick. Weird pick. Yes. And everyone knew it at the time. Eric Rowe was there, but the Patriots even made a move for him. Like there was you under you stood it. You understood exactly. But then like Brennan Graham, he held out hope that hit. Jason Kelsey was the sixth round. 30-pound, two-light center, who's just a freaky athlete on the interior. One of the best centers of this mm-hmm. decade. Fletcher Cox, I mean, he's... It's Fletcher Cox. Yeah. If Aaron Donald didn't exist, Fletcher Cox would be talked about way more. Lane Johnson. He, uh, he, he bets on athletic upside on the offensive line, and it really works out. Smart, Lane yeah. Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Uh, Jason Peters. Jason Peters is borderline Hall of Fame. Left yeah, I remember when he left Buffalo, the thing on Jason Peters was... He was this guy who played tight end in Arkansas State. Yeah, went undrafted, went to Buffalo. Um, Dick or Dick uh, was it Dick Jerome was the head coach? Yes, he he was friend of the show. Dick Jerome, known for running lax practices. Jason Peters was just like coasting by, but like just this freaky guy. And then he goes to Philly, and it all works out. He just he bets on athletic upside, but at the same time understands trench play wins football. Quickly, yeah. quickly going back to Lane. Um, Six overall pick in that draft with a third tackle, so that's that's a little impressive. And yeah, he's sure. not afraid to. And he's been the best. In a right tackle, yeah, we're not afraid to keep him there. Yeah, it is something that is sometimes overlooked. Is the NFL gets too obsessed with left tackle, right tackle, and I, I think it was the Athletic just wrote a piece about it. Um, um, what's his name? Former former NFL offensive tackle Ross Tucker uh, wrote a piece for The Athletic about it and it's just like it, left tackle right tackle doesn't matter in terms of value now they're both equally mm-hmm. as important but the NFL we, is we kind of sleeping on that but Howie yeah. Roseman is one of those guys who gets it yeah because the ability to move people around is important to feel to like be like left or right doesn't matter at that point yeah the defense can do whatever they want <laughs> and it's like why wasn't this an idea sooner? and it's brought, yeah, it's exactly. brought up before it's, yeah. it takes I think a former offensive lineman said it takes like three months to 
adjust to moving from left to right side, which mm-hmm. as a former offensive lineman, I get that. I can't play on the right side, I swear to God. Uh, it, 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 it fucks me up. I played predominantly left tackle and left guard, and to try and switch my technique to play the right side messes with my head just because I'm so used to this is my punch step. Mm-hmm. To try and do it the other way. Robin's yeah. displaying this to us as we do this podcast. But okay, you also did like give people a whole party. Line you caught off a blind play yeah. to someone. It was poor. <laughs> I did it wrong. I was drunk. Um, <laughs> and I had to step in. <laughs> okay, the final two GMs. I'm better on the right side. AJ's hero. CLCS GM, John Schneider is number two on the list. Uh, I mentioned that he knows how to build a front office. He's a Ron Wolf disciple. From the Packers, uh, Scott Fitter and Trent Kirchner in the front office. They're seven and nine seasons. He's mid playoffs. Has a Super Bowl. Um, traded a twenty eleven fourth round pick, which was used to take Chris Harrison, and a twenty twelve fifth round pick used to take Tank Carter from the TCU no, to the Bills for Marshawn Lynch. No, they fucked that one up. Tank Carter should have been their player. Wasn't Tank Carter Rose Bowl MVP? Yeah, as you should be. Um, when Andy Dalton won the Rose Bowl at TCU, <laughs> I think we did this a year ago. I had John Schneider at number two. No, I regret everything. I, I fully admit that. Thank you. I know you do. I should. I, I had him at like number five or something stupid. Maybe lower. Uh, Schneider. <laughs> Let's not talk about that. Um, okay. I would love to see John Schneider without Pete Carroll. I want to say that. And yeah, you when he's on the Seahawks yeah. or on a different team. Wow, well, I would love to see John. I want to see what happens when Pete Carroll retires. Me too. And see mm-hmm. where he goes in terms of head coach and. Because he's drafted so strong defensively, and I know we we like that supplement, but Pete Carroll's a great defensive mind. And I, it's been a lot of guys that Pete Carroll has attempted to recruit at USC, but at the and same, just didn't have the money for it, or whatever else he got fired for. <laughs> um, no, but for real, like, like just guys he didn't but, get I mean, there and Sh- played Sh- against. Schneider's the one who took Russell Wilson, exactly. Yeah, and like they, but Carroll's the one who didn't give a fuck that they paid Matt Flynn and went with Russell Wilson. <laughs> yeah, like I think it's obviously a combination of they the two. work great together. Yeah, Absolutely. exactly. And that comes back. Everything comes back to continuity. Um, there, but he's also he made the move from Marshawn Lynch. Um, he fired Tom Cable. But he, I think Pete's against that. I think I think John Schneider could be the second best GM in the NFL without Pete Carroll. Because uh, he just hired Dan Quinn. Yeah, because he just hired Dan Quinn, <laughs> who was the top five DC. Absolutely. Like he dropped Earl Thomas, Cam Chancellor, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Frank Clark. Like they made the move for Michael Bennett. But how much of that is? Case Schneider understands their tools, but Pete Carroll knows how to get the best out of them. And he's missed on guys like uh, Jermaine Effetti, James Numbers. Carpenter. Not a mess. Malik McDowell. Sorry? <laughs> Christine, Christine <laughs> Michael, the like most talented running back of all time that never did anything. But, yeah. Yeah, made up with that for uh, signing DJ Fluger. Drafting Chris Carson. <laughs> uh, Jermaine Fanny, nothing. Uh, I saw stuff about hyping Mike Ayu Potty signing. Um, no, 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 no. Hear me out. Mike Ayu Potty, it was this guy I trust completely on offensive line play. Mike Ayu Potty, by far the most dominant player against the Forest Buckner last year. Okay. Isn't that interesting, though? I, I've always been a U Potty fan. Well, he was but, obviously awesome early in his career. And that thought, like, he was always a dominant run blocker. In the struggle. greatest player in Idaho history. Mike Mayock, fucking love Mike Ayu Potty coming He's in. He's a very good football player. Like, I would put him on the Mike, all Mike Mayock team. Trust Mike Mayock. Okay, the final GM on the GM rankings. Yeah, you guessed it. Patriots, technically their GM, Bill Belichick. Um, cool. He's got Nick Casario and Ernie Adams by his side. No one's sure what Ernie Adams does, but he's the most important man that no one knows what he does in football. Uh, 16 of 19 seasons, he's made the playoffs. 
Six Super Bowls. Is that good? Is that good? Okay, his biggest blockbuster. Hear this one out. This one's fucked. Let's hear it. So much. Trading a 2007 fourth round pick that was used by the Raiders to select John Bowie for Randy Moss. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Imagine, like, yeah, so put that in comparison to the Odell Beckham trade. Like, (laughs) Um, clearly the Raiders are down on Randy. (laughs) I don't blame them, but they didn't know what the fuck to do with him. So, uh, oh boy. Oh, poor Al. Rest in peace. But we know you're not dead. We John know. Bowie could have been good. <laughs> he could have been. That's a good point. He played snaps. Who would you rather have, John Bowie or Sam Bowie? Be honest. Sam Bowie's the Michael Jordan player, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I pulled it right. Okay. Sam Bowie would have been good. I'm so... Don't walk me down this path. John Bowie and Sam Bowie for Randy Moss and Michael Jordan. What'd you do it? Sam Bowie would have... At the time, it made sense. Akeem went one. Okay. Sam Bowie went two. Michael Jordan yeah. went three. I'll throw it. I'll throw Sparky. Barkley went like six. Yeah, I'll throw Matt Castle in. Would you do it? <laughs> Matt Castle was playing some scout team safety at USC. That's back in Preston Hall. Okay, let's move on. <laughs> but big base draft is Tom Brady, Richard Seymour, Asante Samuel. Asante Samuel is so underrated. Keep going. I think Borderline Hall of Famer is Sons on Florida So State. underrated. Vince Wilfork, Rob Gronkowski. I only put five, but there's like way there's more than that. There's a million. All of them. Biggest misses. There's a lot of misses, though. And some of them are interesting. Lawrence Maroney. Yeah. Him and, uh, like and Marion Barber at like the University of Minnesota. Yeah. That, that was sweet. Dominic Easley, which I think had more to do with the knees. Uh, Cyrus Jones was a really bad pick. Yeah, it was. He's been that bad with DBs on day two. One of their worst picks. Let's not talk about it. And this guy actually just got suspended. Antonio yeah, Garcia. Wow. Antonio Garcia. Do you remember him coming out? It was like, he's really thin but athletic. And then they bet on him. And they're like, well, Dante Skarnakia can coach an eagle line. If they have weight. And then... Troy, right? Yeah. 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 It's a weird pick. Anyway, I mean, hard mm-hmm. to debate that. Mm-hmm. Not um, much to say on that. He's the greatest... Head coach and arguably GM. Throw, throw Duke Dawson into the misses. Shit, that's a prediction. <laughs> All right, that's enough of that. Love it. Thanks for listening to us here at Seven Rounds in Heaven. Um, hey, go to AmsureAllAmericans.com. I wrote only bangers every time. I also now write for a 100%. website. This is breaking news called the Draft Network. That's not true. That's not what it's called. Pro Football Network. <laughs> uh, really? And I cover the Jacksonville Jaguars. That's, oh, oh, that's oh, 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 oh! Can I break news? What? Uh, uh, Anthony Davis to the Los Angeles Lakers for Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, and three fun. first round picks. Why would you bring Including the number four overall pick in the 2019 Are you for draft. Right now? I'm not joking. Adrian wait, wait, Mickey Loomis got a first round Mickey pick. Loomis. Moving <laughs> <laughs> up, up the rankings. Okay, this is legit Woj Bomb. This is a Woj Bomb. This yeah. is what happens when you plug your phone in for. Uh, you have like seven missed DMs on Twitter and 13 notifications. Yeah, seven DMs on Twitter. Um, yeah, that just happened. Uh, instant reaction to the trade. James, Rob, go. Mickey Loomis is the best GM in the NBA. Done. That's a pretty good haul. I mean, I can't even remember what you said. Lo- uh, okay. AD for Lonzo, Brendan Ingram, so, Josh Hart, and three first round picks. So, legitimately, picks. more or less, what was discussed when everybody lost their shit in the middle of the season. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. Oh, okay, so the, the one thing is they kept coups. Yeah. That's, that's what they wanted. <laughs> I heard that. That's so funny. Because <laughs> um, LeBron shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Everyone's on their phone now. Can I end a Seven Rounds of Heaven for the first time in my life? 
Yeah, but shout out James's Twitter. His James uh, okay. James tweets. It's not often, but James's tweets kill me. <laughs> At J Barbershop thirty nine off the top. That of is head. correct. Yeah, you're welcome. Wow. At Raw Paul NFL. At HMRKC thirteen. At what's your handle, Casey? You're not really on this podcast, but I'll do it for you, buddy. Uh, I don't tweet. Okay, he doesn't tweet. I, I don't. I don't. So tweet. just follow me instead. Yeah, at RTS. <laughs> we don't do this one. ACL Americans on Twitter. Armchair NFL on Twitter. Uh, oh, beer of the week. Uh, James is our guest, so he gets beer of the week. He's currently drinking a no-name beer that's cost oh. like seventy-five cents. But beer of the week, James. I please. think okay. Before no-name, if you have no other options, fucking get it. You know what? So we have a lot of American listeners. I don't want to explain the no-name brands. It's confusing. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. So. But. One, if you're ever at the Ripley's Aquarium, they have their own custom beer called the Copper Ale. Check it out. It's going to Jazz every every second uh, Friday night at Ripley's Aquarium. Okay, good time. Real beer of the week. You got something? Um, the real beer of the week is, which is actually my uh, studio fee for this podcast, is Mountain Dew Baja Blast. Okay, we've been longtime fans of the Baja Blast. It finally made its way north of the border. We are pumped. We're pouring it over ice. We're cracking a cold one right now. Mm-hmm. There's no better way to say goodbye to a podcast. James got his first tweet, taste of Baja Blast in his life. James? I'm flying high. He's flying high. He's feeling the blast. He's blasting <laughs> off. Casey, puckering up. Oh, it tastes like diabetes. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Rob, it's your podcast. Get us, get, say one thing. Go favorite my tweet. I just quote tweeted the Wodge Bomb and wrote Mickey Loomis best GM in the media. Bye, everybody. Love you.